on the last issue of Tales from Stringersburg. This has more of a grayish hue to it. A little smoggy, a little dirty. And you almost miss this one presence. It's minuscule, microscopic almost. Is a future soldier. Is that you're in future's realm. The rhetoric that future has why can't the future be be hopeful or positive but it's also kind of thrown in with this weird juxtaposition of the 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 bleakness of inevitable end at the point of at the end of all things so what's the point maybe it's a pillar maybe it's some type of monument you're not quite sure but at the top of it standing above everything it's an individual you can tell that they're just staring at you. Uh, this individual's title is Arachnidus Mechanica, but his real name is Adrian. Uh, Future has got four generals, and Adrian is, is one of the four. Uh, as the fellow says in uh, the uh, program, uh... <sighs> Take me to your leader. And sitting on top of it is this great gold, bronze, brass figure. Fergus. Puppeteer. Conqueror of worlds. Controller of galaxies. The Ender. If some of your people will assist me, I, I will make my case to you. I will tell you a story. I'll, I'll show you the story of what my world can be if I am not what you would have me be. Adrian's back, and he's got about a dozen individuals, maybe a little over. And you see an individual that, until you see them, you would completely forgotten about their the memory of this person says oh daddy i thought we had we'd burn this bridge but oh oh it's my birthday between each word. There's a long pause while Fergus controls his facial expressions and his movements and carefully doesn't react to the taunt of his misbegotten future son. Uh, everyone, 
listening, I just want you to know that Drew <laughs> Drew is a terrible man. <laughs> there was a time years ago when another friend of ours was part of the Mutants and Masterminds campaign who also had like a high intelligence character who was a science genius. Um, and we ended up fighting somebody who had an incredible who was like unbeatable i mean drew as the person who concocted this can explain it better than i did and i can and he also remembers the details which i don't but anyway puppeteer and powder girl fought somebody who turned out to be there from an alternate future where the two of them had combined their genes in a lab in a sterile environment to create a uh, a very singular person. But anyway, I digress. <clears throat> yeah. Fergus, like, takes a few seconds to not react. Then he turns to the volunteers who have been brought to him, and he gives a nod and says, I'm looking forward to working with you. He turns back to Future and the other person there, and he says, It will take me some time, but I will, I will give you a demonstration through my preferred medium, performance, puppetry, I will give you a demonstration of why I should be returned to my own timeline and left unmolested to pursue my vision for that world and for myself. He turns to uh, his pseudo-son, he says, if you would like to be a part of this performance, you are welcome, but you will not be able to do so with that, and he gestures to the power armor, contraption. Otherwise, I bid you good day. And with that, he's gonna use the, uh, you know, troop mode, the group control mode of his mind control power, and he's gonna sweep up the dozen or so people who have been brought here to be his, his puppets, and he's gonna take them, they're all gonna go together to <clears throat> some place that is maybe like explicitly a theater, or is sort of shaped naturally like an amphitheater, like a sort of curved valley or something, they're going to go to like the practice space, and they're going to start preparing for this show that he's going to put on. I mean, he's going to have them do something while he sits and writes, because he has to prepare his next big show. So similar to what he did with Present, He's gonna set about writing his next great work, 
that will show his vision for his home home continuum, his earth, his timeline. And he's gonna... I mean, the attempt with this is to articulate his vision of the world, which is, it's a tragedy. And if only it could recognize itself as such, it might have a chance of staying a tragedy and not becoming a total farce or some sort of, like, nihilistic failure. So he's writing in his head a show that's sort of about himself and Stringersburg and the metas there and all of the, you know, the metas in Chicago and across the states. He doesn't really know about metas anywhere else in the world or he'd include them. But he's like, you know, the sort of prologue of his show is all of the different follies and failures that he's observed among metahumans and me-humes who are costumed adventurers, power suit people, and all that kind of stuff, plus the different aliens and demons and stuff that he's seen. And he's presenting it from a point of view that probably a being like Majesty Future would dig, which is this sort of like world-weary, history-conscious point of view that's like all of this is the same as what's already happened on Earth over and over again for thousands of years. It's just bigger and louder and messier. So, I mean, that's his his aim, is to, like, take this cast he's been given with him and start working on this show, if future allows it. And if his pseudo-son doesn't interfere, that's what he's going to go do. If somebody stops him, If someone tries to stop him, then these volunteers he has are going to be his self-defense tool, as well as his cast and crew for his show. He's going to... I mean, I guess, depending on how quickly it goes down, he wouldn't be able to really get a sense of what they can do. Like, he wouldn't have time to use telepathy in any particular depth to, like, figure out what each of these people can do, but he would just sort of instinctively use them to protect himself and, and what he wants. So, you, you know, look at Future and you're like, you know, rehearsal, blah, 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 and Future gives you their leave and before they depart, look at you and say, I'm very much looking forward to your tale. And starts walking into the sky, growing, and you see them take their place back on their, their great throne. And you look at your quote-unquote kid and you say you can participate but don't need you know without this and he looks at you and 
he's just, just, he's not mean mugging you, but he's just been staring at you this entire time, like barely blinking. He's got this creepy smile on his face. He says, oh, daddy, I don't need this suit for that. You taught me, you and mommy taught me long ago that the mind is more interesting when it's disciplined. So, uh, as you are now, I don't think you could do shit to me, even if I was out of this thing. You know, you were talking about if he interfered or anything like that. He doesn't overtly. Actually, let's rewind a little bit. And, um, you know, he, he says that about his mind. And when you're like, good day, he pulls out what you... It's like a pseudo version of, of your world's uh, hobbit where Bilbo good mornings Gandalf and he looks at you and he feigns being hurt and it's like to think I've lived long enough to be good morning to by my own father you know, he, he goes on that whole kind of tirade that that Gandalf does he's like you know, good day to are you saying that it is a good day or that I should have a good day and blah, 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 blah. And depending on your reaction and he follows you and the, the rest of the group and just makes occasional cutting comments or, um, you know, when you start to write, he'll occasionally look over your shoulder and just be like, that line's a bunch of bullshit. So, hey, I think you should. Nope, that's not gonna work. Really, you're gonna you're gonna use uh, the possessive in that that instance instance, and you know a lot of terminology that you're a lot better with that you can expound upon if you want. Um, but he's nitpicking your writing, and he's actually really really good. Um, like, it's annoying as fuck, but a lot of his suggestions and everything are spot on. Like, his use of language and uh, the way it's uh, phrased in the written sense is fucking awesome. And occasionally he references you and Mummy as to, uh, like plays and writings and things that you guys made him do and drills and and all this shit uh you know he'll be like oh this line's fucking oh that's a little too irish he's like this line's a little bit too ginsburg i think that uh you might want to go a little more uh, melville with that or you know uh some, uh, you know, name some writers that, you know, you know me. Poetry is is not my strong suit or, or, or strong prose, but he starts naming some, some authors. 
Uh, both old and new, and some you've never heard of. So, I see uh, uh, the general structure of, of what Fergus is trying to do about the... the world and the shape that it's in and what it could be and everything. But tell me why, what Fergus is going to do in this play or, or that he's writing that's going to entice future to want to send him. Like what is Fergus's contribution to this? Like what is his grand plan? Uh, his grand abilities, like how can he make the world realize this, you know, like, the, I, I think that, or, or at least um, how you originally explained it to me, like, that's kind of how Fergus is trying to sway uh, future over, is like, oh, but if you put me back and leave me alone, I can do this, which is totally awesome. And that's what I'm curious about on the play. Yeah, the individuals that you get, like I said, it is um, a little over a dozen, uh, 14, we'll say. A little over half, say eight or nine, are, are um, your basic humans. You know, they vary in hair color, eye color, skin color, anything like that. You know, the, the things that we're not familiar with purples and reds and uh greens and uh and then there's like uh, a big lizard person two cyborgs like a bipedal whale like a multi-armed like elongated head like what we would think of maybe like an alien and we can come up with names or anything if you want to get interpersonal or anything with your cast but they seem to even though you didn't get you know maybe you run it down as well but even when you release them they, they look discombobulated at first as as per usual uh, but they stick around it's like they were informed about um, the situation that they were being volunteered for